I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you in your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Well, welcome to our latest episode for Thriving Matters podcast. And I am super excited to share the wonderful knowledge and life experience of Scarlett Vesper. Our session, our episode today is about leading yourself in ambiguous times. And I would have to say my knowledge of Scarlett is that that is exactly what she has done throughout her career. So who better to talk to but this extraordinary woman, an extraordinary professional, one who is able to facilitate the performance of others. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So hi, Scarlett. Would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? I'm positive they are curious about you and what you do. (laughs) Thank you so much. Blessed to be on the show. And just a little shout out here to Carrie and, and all the wonderful work that she does as a leadership coach and the journey I've watched you take actually leaving your workplace and and being on the road to discovering the amazing possibilities that you have found in your life, which is great. So thank you for having me today. A little bit about me. I'm a brand expert and a transformation coach, and my passion is definitely about people and helping them on their journey. My background quickly, I started out in film and TV. I worked at Disney. I then worked as head of broadcast for Commonwealth Bank and internal external comms. And I love that. That was a great time. I learned to really understand the corporate world a lot better and what happened with leadership and everything. It was a really lovely time for me. And then I went on to do my own businesses and I have had many different businesses and and really consider myself an entrepreneur in this way. And right now I've got a new business, the Conscious Agency, TCA, which is a advertising agency offering marketing, branding, services. And I also have scarletvesper.com, which is really about helping people have the right mindset for success, uh, including courses to have abundance mindset. And I'm just about to launch my brand to launch, which is a course to start your own business. Wow. And everything that you need from A to Z. (laughs) So uh, that's what I'm up to at the moment. But look, this is really exciting to talk about leadership because I think, you know, as we've talked about, it is um, the most important thing because everyone has to be a leader in their own lives, whether they're leading others. But mainly, as you have said, is that we must learn how to lead ourselves. So I wanted to actually ask you, Carrie, um, (laughs) what is the thing, because you are that expert, is what are the traits of a leader in your eyes, a good leader? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? And we all have different perceptions which really line up to our values. But for me, traits of a leader mean that I'm able to facilitate or empower the performance of somebody else. So To do that, I have to be an effective communicator. And that means that my interpersonal and my relational skills 
are being sharpened all the time for every situation that I'm in, that I'm also open to learning. I'm open to new possibilities that I don't have all the answers, but I can easily find the answers. Traits of a good leader must be that they're also confident, confident in their own ability to be strategic and to find solutions for perhaps a different outcome than that they are expecting. And underlying all that confidence means that I am accountable and I'm responsible. So traits of a good leader involve your personal value set. They've got to match with your integrity. They have to inspire you and they can also inspire others because of your commitment and your passion. And that's really about transforming yourself and others because for me, Leadership is actually about leading yourself so that you can lead others and that you can create leaders who are greater than you are ever going to be. And that's our legacy for the world, isn't it? Tell me, sorry, I'm going into interview mode because I love <laughs> interviewing everybody else. So I wanted to ask you though, you've come out of, you know, being working full time for an organization and then seeing that leadership kind of structure and then you've now in your own life and what has been the difference for you stepping into that place? The difference has been a space to think about really what it is that I would like to give others, to have time to do the thinking, to sit in the in the mist and the fog and sit in the mud, mm. mud patch maybe, uh, to do yeah. that thinking and go, mm, well, that's not working, but this is, but really to crunch those values and say, well, are you on track? And to leave behind things that are not useful, that are pessimistic, not helping me be open to other possibilities. The experience, though, of working in a large organisation was absolutely phenomenal. And I did get to have quite a broad range of experience between different levels of education, different levels of government, and different people always were the thing for me. I'm a great connector. That's one of my my best traits, one of my best strengths, is that I can connect an awful lot of people and put them in a space or create a space where they actually are trusting each other. And that's the big thing when you're working by yourself. You actually have to surround yourself and seek out people that you trust, people that will give mm. you feedback that's effective, not cruel or harmful or personality-based and not gossipy, but feedback that says, come on, you've got this, and be able to think of some new solutions. And I think that's the space, really, the place that I'm actually now bumping into people. It's opened up a whole new world for me. So there is definitely life after working for a large organisation, but I think that large organisation gave me some definite gifts that I've been able to use now. So some of those resiliency skills mm. are coming to the fore. <laughs> well, it does. I mean, that's the thing with I work with a lot of people. So for me, what I do is as a brand expert and a transformation coach, I work with a lot of people who are leaving businesses and then starting their own business. And you know, sometimes they're actually just changing careers as well. Change is really difficult and there's a lot of times where people need that support through that. And I think what's really important around a brand and why I love working uh, as a brand expert, it is in Native American, it was called the your totem. It's your protection <laughs> and your sense of who you are as a person. So when you get really clear about who you are, which is your values and what you believe in mm. and all sorts of different aspects of self that makes up your brand. Mm. And when you understand what that is, then you can actually move forward in a 
a stronger way and with more confidence because, as you said, confidence is a key part in leadership. Mm. And so how do we get those skills? And I know as an EI, EI expert that that's part of it, which I love this conversation because the soft skills that they talk about are still so vital in moving forward in any part of our lives. And that's why mindset is everything. Well, Scarlett, that word soft, the two words soft skills that are being bandied around quite a lot now, you only Mm. have to look on a whole lot of social media. They really are not. They should be renamed because they are definitely not soft skills. People are relational. That's we all interact together. And often it's the people we work with or the people Mm. that we have experienced over our time of work, even our families that we find most difficult in some certain situations. So how do we actually use our emotional intelligence skills to our benefit, but not just for a narcissistic way of living or an egocentric one, but for the benefit of everybody? And I think that's what leadership must have and good leaders must continue to develop because we can't ceiling our emotional intelligence. We apply it to each different situation and we try to seek out the solutions so that the dignity of the other person is intact, just as ours is. So we need to be quite strategic uh, around that. And I really like It's interesting. um, The Japanese uh, actually talk about, you know, their reason for being, and the word for that is igaki. And I I come back to this a lot, a bit like the totem of uh, North Americans. Your igaki, your whole reason for being, is tied up in your leadership. Why would you go ahead and lead a team? Why do you seek out leading your local parents and friends or parents and citizens group? Why do you get involved with a not-for-profit and give hours of volunteer work? Why do you choose to have children and lead a family? <laughs> you know, mm. we, we are leading mm. ourselves in all aspects of our life, no matter what we want. So I think in terms of talking about leading ourselves through ambiguous times, which is what we're talking about this episode, is is I think firstly, for me, what I help people look at is, you know, really understanding a greater sense of self and their why, as you were just talking about then why we're doing it. And also looking at the whole picture, I think, you know, I talk a lot about the seven chakras and use that as a way for people to check in and see what's happening and working in their lives. Because often what happens is, especially in larger organisations, they treat certain things in one way and you can address that and there's a course for this, but nothing really integrates and it's not really a holistic approach to their life and work. Mm. So when you look at the part and you go, okay, in my emotional area, this is not feeling good or, you know, like the solar plexus is all about career and then you've got the sacrum about health and then the base is security, throat is communication, your vision and intuition, your third eye and your crown. So it's a lovely kind of metaphor and actually physical thing to show you that if one is out of kilter, then a flow is not happening. So I think when you're going through that adversity and you're thinking about how do I break out of it, we get stuck in that place of what to do. But if you can come back to basics, and that's what I love about branding, it is really about the essence of who you are and ask those questions, the why and what's happening, and use those check-in points on the chakras to actually articulate why. In fact, that's why I've just developed my abundance mindset course using this technique because I think it's so valuable to actually just start from the beginning 
and because we get caught up in all that headspace, yeah? We are living in a time of ambiguity where people are, I believe, people are really searching for something different. And what you've just described in the way you work is offering a different way of looking at how we do live. We, you know, traditional mm. religions, we have a lot of strength that comes from our culture, our religions, our sense of well-being and how we put together emotional well-being plus our physical well-being, spiritual well-being, our desire for purposeful well-being in, in a way, what we want to leave behind. Because I'm a firm believer in, in giving everything a red-hot shot to see what the possibilities are. Mm -hmm. And by discovering mm. or, or looking at something through a different lens, that's where the gold happens. Leading ourselves in ambiguous times means that we do have to be open. We can be curious. And I think the curiosity is really what spurs us on to being open and looking for different solutions that match up with our personal values. So it is our mindset. Totally. And I think in this time with, you know, the word ambiguous of not knowing, and I think this is a big thing that happened for me and I, and I think for everybody is we go into a times where jobs are going to be very rare. It's going to be mainly freelance. And so what happens for a freelancer, an entrepreneur, as we all know, is that you have to show up every day. And in showing up, it means that you have to trust yourself. You have to know yourself. And that's what ambiguous times are, is that you don't know what the future is. But the ironic thing is that we never really do anyway. So it is, I think it's a great opportunity for people to experience wonderful self growth and development to go, how do I find the trust within myself, the strength, um, the confidence to move forward? And you have to look at that. And what does that mean and stand for you? I think everyone more and more is going to need support around that. And that's why I've seen such a big flurry of coaches <laughs> coming out of the world because people are suffering in that way because they don't know, you know, so it'd be interesting on that yeah. front. And I think you've just touched on a concept of this notion of this is who I am. This is, you know, my everyday being. I would like yeah. to challenge everybody to think of it as you're not just being, you are becoming. And for each mm. day or each hour we're alive, we are becoming somebody different because we have self-reflective tools and strategies. We have personal traits and strengths that we know. We have challenges. We have things thrown up at us, surprising things sometimes. Uh, that we need to deal with. But ultimately, we have to work with people, people and machines, people and opportunity, people in our workplace and our homes. Still, people are the common denominator. And if we are leaders, I'm sure we have, we have an interest and a curiosity around particular leadership styles. And one of the things I'd like to share with everybody and ask you, Scarlett, is that do you have mm. a leader that you admire or that you've worked with previously, and how would you now describe them as an effective leader or an ineffective one? And I think this is something that when we're looking at leading in ambiguity, we need to actually think about this is who I am now, but tomorrow I'm going to actually be somebody different. So what is it that makes me effective in this space? What makes me ineffective and that can keep me honest in making sure that I am following, I am actually being part of the becoming notion of being a leader so that I can bring other people into a leadership role to replace me when I'm gone. <laughs> mm. Well, look, I think my leader I had when I was working at CBA was amazing. First thing he said to me, I was a single mum at the time and said, I don't care how you do your job. 
whether it's at home, whether it's here, I just want you to give me the results. But how you do it is up to you. And that was so amazing because I gave him 500% because of that trust. Uh, and it really built around a huge relationship. I had a family in there. He was leading from the back seat, but he gave everybody the space of what they do well. And I saw it also reflect in meetings when we we're in meetings together. He would always just listen and have the room kind of let everybody have their say and hold mm -hmm. the space and kind of gently guide it. Um, he definitely had an agenda <laughs> of where he wanted it to go, but he never forced anything. And I think that was such a great learning for me. And I know with my own team now that I absolutely say to them, what do you want to do? What don't you want to do? How do you want to work? What's happening? What's your personal goals? And I'm always checking in on where they are because you know what? When you have a team around you, they are learning and growing and they're on their own transformation with you yes, because yes. the energy changes. When you come together, something unique and special comes inside that relationship as well. And you might have those emotional bursts or something might happen, but it's part of the growth rather than that separation, like we kind of go mm. then us and them. Mm. So I think that greater sense of collaboration yes. is stronger and there's huge happens. So I think that was the learning and, and hence, you know, my tips around leadership is definitely, you know, to have that collaborative nature, to listen and to also just quickly, by the way, I had this thing around not identifying with your business <laughs> because I had a recent expert, well, actually it's not too recent, but I had a little bit a while ago where we have this thing as a leader that we're really emotionally identified with what we're doing. And I think it's really great to be mindful if you've got that and what you're doing, because it impacts everything else on your life. Yeah. You brought up for me a uh, a leader when I first went to work 22 years ago mm. with a, for a larger organisation, who on the first day in the office said came down to see me being set up in those days we had individual desks and you had your own bookcase and blah blah yes. blah you know how it goes yeah i have to this day have never forgotten what he said to me and on his retirement i actually said this is do you remember what you said to me i bet you don't because you would have onboarded and employed you know many many hundreds thousands of people in the time mm. but his only comment with a big smile was just keep in mind, don't surprise me. That's all I ask of you. Don't surprise me. And I thought, right, there was no other interference <laughs> in what I did, a bit like <laughs> your, your leader. That's a funny thing to say. Don't surprise funny? me. And I, I took me. that as trust, immediately trust. Mm. I took that as being an adult and being able to mm. make my decisions, but know that I would be he would be open to me coming and talking about things when I needed or checking in. So from that day on, it was a check-in. It was always, this is what I'm thinking of doing or any, any other thoughts on this. And I really appreciate it. I have never forgotten it. So isn't that, that I, interesting though, Carrie, but isn't it interesting from a, just the point of view of like, absolutely. And I think, you know, in the time when it came out and what he did was really lovely in, in allowing that. But now, see, isn't it interesting how the language yep. has changed too? Yes. Because now it's like, 
surprise me. I want you to be innovative. I want you to be disruptive. Isn't yeah. it funny how it's changed? Yeah. And I yeah. think, um, sorry, I just kind of thought about the no. upgrade. So, and as leadership, how it's different now. That's amazing. Well, I, I thought he was um, fairly cutting edge at that time because I took that as if something's really going down and it's going to affect a whole lot of people, the ramifications are huge. That's when I don't want to be surprised, you know. Um, oh, that's no, how beautiful. I, it was a really yeah, nice way, a yeah. really nice way how we did it. But it was just yeah. interesting in the language yeah. of now, you know, yes, like how we're, true. you know, we're talking yeah. all that innovation. Yeah. Wow. So, so it is very important to have yeah. that advice in that So talking, time. We've, we've basically been talking about uh, traits of a leader and, you know, are you effective or ineffective? And I do have one exercise that I thought I would share with you all. Mm. So thinking about an effective and an ineffective leader, I have one suggestion for us that is very easy to do. And, you know, the cognitive process of reflective writing in a journal is very powerful. Mm. So if you were to think about a leader that you worked with that was ineffective and you were to jot down what what was it about them, what were their behaviour traits, and then what are the behaviour traits of an ineffective leader that you have experienced, and just compare those and then look at how did each of those make you feel valued for the work you did? Because that's what I've just heard Scarlett share about her previous experience. And I actually felt the same when I was asked, just don't surprise me, I felt quite valued for Mm. being an Mm. adult and being responsible and not being micromanaged. So I think that's a nice little exercise for, for you to try thinking about what's an effective leader, what's an ineffective one, What were their behaviour traits? How did they make you feel valued? And then have a look at yourself in your role as a leader. Do exactly the same. And honesty is the best policy, isn't it? We can all have a laugh at ourselves, but showing up each day brings us back to our core values. And that's what we're talking about. How do we thrive in leading yourself and others in ambiguous times? Any other thoughts, Scarlett, as we finish up our episode today? I think the key thing for me around going through leadership with oneself is to, yeah, to be honest and to kind of turn inwards rather than projecting. I mean, I think a great tip, which I always use and always remind my friends when they're talking to me about their issues, (laughs) is that what plays out often in our landscape is a reflection of what is happening in our own mind and Mm. sphere and I think because what (laughs) happens then is it becomes to be you have to take responsibility there's not the blameful language or thoughts and also you give your power when you do that so you become that victim so I think it's always really important to go look why is that happening and why is that showing up and why is it triggering me and then bringing it back to self because then you bring the power back to you and then you'll actually identify something about yourself and that will shift it. And I think that's a wonderful exercise to do from my side. Get clear around what you believe is important to you and keep discovering and evolving and uncovering those values and beliefs that are often hidden too. Oh, fabulous. I knew by asking you that last little question that we were going to unearth (laughs) the gold. (laughs) Thank you, Scarlett. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today and sharing your space. Thank you. This episode is the beginning of Eight with Scarlett and we will have a question and answer episode that ties everything together. So we will be asking you, pop onto 
Facebook and give us some questions for our last, our final episode. So you've got a little bit of time to think of those questions as we go through each of the next episodes. Amazing. Thank you for being on the show with us today, Scarlett. I know everybody out there in in listener land around the world is going, wow, we just have to get a little bit more of Scarlett. So Scarlett, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. If people want to know more about where to contact you, it's an easy find, isn't it? ScarlettVesper.com. And if you'd like to know more about coaching leadership and about Carrie Benedet, hop on to thrivingmatters.com.au. And don't forget, give life a red hot shot because thriving matters.